0: Well, let's go, guys. The bar is going to look backwards now. Come on, let's go. Welcome to the MSE Performance Podcast with myself, Luke. For this fifth episode, we have a special guest, as I'll be interviewing the one and only Ash Liston. Ash Liston is a British powerlifter who competes in the 93 kilo class. He's the current British champion and holder of the British record total of 790 kilograms. Ash competed recently at the European Championships, where he finished third overall and managed to get a gold medal in the bench press. Ash is a highly accomplished lifter who's only been in powerlifting for two years. In this episode, we discuss Ash's, Ash's current training program, we discuss his future aspirations for the sport, and we also take a look at what he was doing previously to powerlifting and his previous athletic pursuits. We have a look at how he manages to balance his work life with his training and his family life, and we also finish off with a Q&A. So there's a lot of good information in this podcast, hope you all enjoy it, let's get straight into it. Hey guys, uh, welcome to the MSC podcast. I'm Luke and today we're going to be interviewing Ash. So for those that don't know, Ash is the 2019 uh, British powerlifting champion in the 93 class. Uh, He has the British record in the bench press and the total and he got the gold medal in the bench press at the European Championships in 2019 in Lithuania. So welcome Ash. Cheers Luke. Yeah. Do you want to uh, talk a little bit about yourself, anything that I've missed? I know you're um, a formal man in British powerlifting, you, but you've got to You didn't else actually there.
1: miss anything, but you did give me you did give me the British bench record, which uh, Owen Hubbard has got. So I've just I got I've only won. got the British i got the British total <laughs> record. Um yeah, Roger. that was okay. <laughs> that, that's the only one that I've got the British be- bench record. It's, it's one what, I've got what, my own. so uh, I guess I what I was getting
0: confused part. is you were you were obviously gonna get that at the uh, the British bench, which at the last oh, you yeah. couldn't do. So that's why <laughs> yeah. I'm getting, uh, That's why I'm getting confused. <laughs> Um Okay, so yeah, obviously you got the gold medal at Europeans. Uh, didn't quite get to obviously, on the squats, but but PB total that was the British record uh, with more on the tank.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it was it was a huge contrast really from from the British. So being only a few months after I was going into it with a lot of confidence, having won the British and going nine for nine. Um, so to miss my opening squat, which is the first time I've ever even had a red light on squat. Um, which is a depth meant um, I had to retake that, and it kind of put me back a bit um but I was able to bounce back. I went seven for nine and but still still got a huge pb and and the British record as well, so it was a huge huge confidence boost yeah. really
0: remember you got was it two or five on your second and then missed two or seven
1: yeah oh, yeah i i was I was feeling good for up to around two ten to yeah. twelve to be honest um and after getting two or five it felt pretty comfortable on my second bench and the Swedish guy Gustavi put in 205 as well for his third and he was he was lighter so yeah I went 207 just to just to secure the gold itself and then I think yeah watching him miss it and you knew it was be, yeah yeah I think, I think being so gassed that I'd won the gold for bench mm-hmm. I, I don't think my mind was right and I went out and made some technical mistakes on the lift yeah. and, and missed it.
0: Did you hit the rack or have a made that up?
1: So I actually I actually pressed it, um, yeah. and it, it looks it looks like I've just racked it before the rack command. But yeah. if you watch the one side angle, the, the side spot, I actually pulled it into the rack before I had the rack all command. Right. So I've, I've, I've pushed it up, and it just looks like I put it racked it, but it's actually been. I felt, I felt like I, put, um, I felt like I felt it being pulled in. Oh
0: yeah,
1: it is. But it all sounds like excuses to be found. <laughs> but I actually I actually I pressed it. <laughs> I actually pressed it up, but yeah, I didn't get it.
0: Well, I remember how easy the 2 R 5 was, and you thought absolutely, like, if, if there was no one else and you'd already secured it on the second, then two yeah. ten would have gone, definitely. But like you said, like, under the circumstances, if it have already been secured, that there wasn't really too much to play for, and yeah, maybe just, not lost your head, but your head was already, knew that you had the gold, and yeah, changed it yeah, slightly. Yeah, I think if yeah. you had to press two ten to win the gold, I think you'd have pressed 2-10, because 2 R oh. oh. 5 absolutely flew.
1: Yeah, I hope
0: so. So, uh, what would you have got at the uh, at the British uh, bench? You did a was it a Larson press max out? You did the day before instead.
1: Yeah, I did. So I did my Larson press max out. I did two hundred on the Larson press. Yeah. Um, I was (laughs) to to be honest. I was feeling comfortable. I would have been willing to attempt anything up to I think two two twenty range would have been what I would have been that happy attempting. Yeah. Um, I had a perfect prep. Um, everything was feeling good. Yeah, um, I was. I'd already started water, water loading my weight cut. Um, but yeah, something came up, and you, you just you just never know. I could have gone and actually felt terrible and yeah, missed my opener. But um, on the day going into it, I'd, I'd actually planned on opening on I think it was two o two, and then just sort of seeing what Owen was doing and kind of going from yeah. there.
0: And what is the British record in the ninety threes?
1: It's 2.15. 215. Okay. or it might be two fifteen point five. Okay, maybe.
0: So that's something that's obviously in the pipeline for yourself.
1: Hope so, yeah. Hope so. Um, I think for, um, if the British goes ahead, um, it'd be it'd be looking around that range at least for a sort of third attempt, if yeah. uh, as as long as Owen doesn't, you know, make it bigger. before like you yeah. did last time. <laughs> I
0: don't think I don't think anyone's gonna get the chance to do anything. So I no, think it will no. have to be stuck at uh, no. activity. We'll swing back to competitions in a second, but um okay. if we, if we just go back to like um prior to your powerlifting. So yeah. was your first competition you did a little bit of BDFPA first, is that right?
1: Yeah yeah so so I, I kind of got into um powerlifting training just from like watching watching sort of YouTube videos and um I was I was more into sort of just getting fit and that kind of thing and started um it was like russell 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 hey um yeah. max tuning those sort of guys i was watching them and but where i lived there's no there's not really any powerlifting sort of gyms anywhere near me it's all just commercial gyms so um when i seen that black country barber was opening up um i thought yeah i'll have a look i'll have a look at that and then I think it was a month after they opened, they was hosting a BDFPA comp as well. Yeah. So I signed up to the gym, started going there, and then most of the guys from the gym were doing the competition. So I thought, <clears throat> uh, I think we lost you then for a sec, mate. Yeah. So um,
0: everyone at the comp, you said everyone at the comp, uh, everyone at the gym was doing the competition, and then it cut out.
1: Yeah, most of the guys at the comp, most of the guys at the gym were doing the doing the comp, and um, I thought I'd give it a go to see if it was something I wanted to take a bit more seriously. And yeah, yeah I did it. Did, did quite well, and never never looked back really.
0: Did you do that at ninety or a hundred? Um, in those days for the BDF. So
1: I actually did it. Uh, it was in the ninety. Yeah. Um, I weighed in at eighty-seven flat. Oh wow. Okay. I, I think, say, I was, I, I'd actually cut down, I was round, weighing around the 90 range and actually yeah. cut for some reason, because I, I was yeah. just like, I As need to cut. everyone cook. does like, for their first competition. Yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. You, you You say you should never cut for your first comp, but everyone, yeah. everyone does it.
0: Um, but also, like, the amount, the amount of people that panic, like, when they're at weight, not realising, like, how much, like, yeah. a small manipulation, like, nowadays, like, you must be, like, 97, 98, cut down to ninety three and it doesn't phase you at all. By the first competition you weighed ninety and you're so nervous that you're not gonna make the weight category (laughs) and then you accidentally drop three kilos. Um, yeah. I think I was
1: wearing like not around about 91, I was like, oh I've got to do a white cut got a white cut to make 90 And then I cut I overshot it and weighed in at eighty seven. So it was three kilos unnecessarily. But um yeah, that was that was January January two thousand nineteen. So
0: what did you total uh, that comp? Because your first comp for British Powerlifting was in April, I think, and you told seven hundred.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I remember
0: so... I, was, I was helping running that comp, and just out of nowhere, this guy came along, totaled seven hundred at ninety-three, which at the time I think the British, well, not the British record, but the like Pierre had won the British was seven fifteen. Anyway, yeah. who's this guy? Never done a <laughs> comp and he told seven hundred, <laughs> like super easy as well, like low RPE.
1: Yeah, it was it was weird. I was I was looking. I think I titled... I have got a two ten squat. Um, yeah. That's obviously bare bare knees, no no yeah. knee yeah. sleeves in the BDFBA. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, I got a one seventy bench, yeah. and a two something. a two sixty deadlift. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's a six six forty total. Okay, which is which is which is all right. I think that's I missed the, first, the uh,
0: br- that's third. That's going to be a uh, national record, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think, I think the national
1: record was like six ninety 690 or six ninety five yeah. or something. Um and I know that there's a guy, British powerlifters in there, junior. I think he's I think he's holds it now, um, when he won the British last year. Okay. But, um yeah, I was, so
0: I was he, 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 all jokes aside, all like a 6.40 total, like for only doing powerlifting for a very small amount, it's still obviously a very good total. So before that, was you you said you had a little interest in watching videos. Were you doing any kind of training in the gym? Were you just training for yeah, most so of the
1: gyms? I, I probably spent about, um, maybe about a year to a year and a half just doing training in the gym. Um, yeah. That would look like sort mm. of doing, I would do about half an hour to 40 minutes of cardio. And then I would do Some weights for like 15 20 minutes and then go and sit yeah. in the sofa for 10 minutes. Um, or go for a yeah. swim, sounds uh,
0: lovely.
1: Yeah, it was it was nice. Uh, um, <laughs> is that like uh Banantine
0: Frewsbury or
1: oh no, is it? That, was is that, is that in the field? Is that in the field house? Yeah, uh, in Telford. So yeah, so i go there, I'd run like a 5k and then I would then I'd train for half an hour. Um, and actually, when I was there, I, I watched a guy called, got a guy called Mario Tomich. And he put out a a free sort of beginner program, and I just I just kind of jumped on that, and that was the first time I'd ever really done squatting because it's first time I'd ever really had a structured program. Was this um,
0: a powerlifting program or this just a nah, gym program? It,
1: yeah, it was just it was just a gym program just for okay just to get it sort of stronger. And to be fair, looking back at it now, it was actually it was actually a decent program because it got me yeah. got me squatting, benching, and yeah, um, I don't think I had deadlifts in, but it had. Um, yeah, definitely got me squatting. Um, so that was the first time I had any really real structured sort of the year leading up to when I started powerlifting. Um, before that, I was kind of, it's, I don't know, I've been on and off going to the gym since I was like 15, so 15 years of kind of just on and off. Uh, 15 years of
0: sort of 5ks and the occasional,
1: yeah, 5Ks. yeah, it's kind of just I've, all, I've always sort of kept bench pressing, which is probably why I'm putting it now, but. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was more just kind of doing it on the side of, of playing uh, playing football. So it was more just yeah. wanting to keep fit. Because I uh, think
0: we spoke before, um, and it made sense, because like I said, at that, that first competition, everyone called you speedy. And like every rep was like an upy eight. So I just thought this guy was like incredibly <laughs> fast. But you did a little bit, maybe not for a while, but you back at university, did you do sprinting? Was that is that correct? You was a sprinter?
1: Yeah, so, so when I was younger, I've, I've played football since I was four or five years old. Um then when I was at school I was I was always quick. Um, I I always at the front of football or on the wing and I was I was always yeah. from like from when I was I think six or seven at school I'd done it now speedy and it just kind of stuck with me from then. Yeah. Um, yeah. when I was um when I was in high school I used to go to I used to run for Wolverhampton and Cannock District. Um up at Aldersley and Wolverhampton. Uh, did that for a couple of years and it got to a point where I had to choose between athletics and football and I chose football. Um I dipped back into it at university my first year, went to the um University of Plymouth Athletics Club. Um but never again it was it was kind of a, a clash between football and athletics and I chose football again. Um yeah, did you that,
0: do that anything was it, really. like not, not worthy in, in, in athletics? Was it hundred meters you did or two
1: hundred? Yeah, I, I was never I was never the quickest to be honest. I was I I was a decent level, um, but I was never I was never up there with the really top guys. I think I'd have had to commit to doing athletics yeah. all time to to get to that level but I was, I was I was quick I was like quick from my school sort of standards and um but in terms of actually getting to that British level, I think it might have been a bit bit too far
0: what did you run uh 100 meters in? what was your best Can you
1: remember? Oh, bet my best times were it was when I went back to to the athletics club at uni I can remember doing like a ten point six five um <laughs> I mean,
0: that's the it, it's It it's, 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 sounds fast weird. for someone that was just,
1: yeah. we well, got university standards, you've got to be, university standards around 10 3, 10 4, which, is, which okay. is decent. So I was, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's you're quite a way off the sure. top guys in the club. And you kind of, um yeah, if you want to get there, you'd have to, you would have to commit to it full time. I think, I think a bit like powerlifting, how you, how you just kind of, you train specifically for that for four or five times a week now and you don't even bat an eyelid. Whereas, yeah, you turn yeah. up to an athletics club once a week, and you you think you're going to be the fastest.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fastest you, you play football. You play football twice a week, and then you have walk up to the the track, and then you're hoping yeah. to be. Because uh, Was ten six is is incredibly fast for yeah, someone. Yeah. It yeah. was oh. just. Yeah. You you went to Plymouth Uni, you know, did you? You say.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't know what you studied, but it took me by surprise. What, what did you study?
1: <laughs> I studied theatre and performance. Yeah. Yeah, I kinda just I kind of just fell into it to be honest. It was you know, when I was when you leave school and you don't know what you don't know what you want to do and um just kind
0: you of know that you it. wanted to prerequisite training drama performance.
1: So I guess sorry mate, you cut out a bit then. Um you didn't,
0: so you did drama knowing that you wanted to work in trains. And
1: yeah, prerequisite
0: to working on the train lines is you need a, a drama degree.
1: That's it. that's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: Um, so like obviously now like a big thing for yourself is that you have more to balance probably than most people, um, which a lot of people seem to struggle with like the balance of training and a job. Well, I think it's fair to say that your job is a little bit more stressful, at least in terms of time and, and commitment to it. Um, like how do you find that affects your training? You work shifts, changes like to days. How does it work? Um,
1: I, I try and, to be honest. I try and just be as as flexible as I can to it. There's there's no they say that like st- structure is good for training. That's that's definitely true. Like having having a structure to your life and your, your sleep pattern and everything is is good, but if you can't, then you can't and you just kind of have to make the best with with what you've got. Um yeah. I I don't I try not to worry about it too much. I also think with in terms of the, is there the plate spinning, I've got a family and a job, but I don't feel like I've got any more um less time than what I used to have when I was at at university so everyone at each stage of their life they kind of they've got equal they places with value in their own sort of responsibilities so and you just have to make it work um I know a lot of people say like when when, like uni students should have more time to train and that kind of thing and um I don't know I, I, I I kind of disagree with it I think everyone has their own their own stuff going on um I am busy I've got like a a, a job where it's, it's safety critical i have to be I have to have responsibilities i have a family at home, but also um everyone's got stuff going on. you just have to make make the best with what you've got and um just just try just try your best do what you can um we're not we're not professional athletes or although, yep. although we, we we kind of want to be here so I think you just have to um yeah, if you just try and try your best, but make make time for things that you prioritize. So, um, you know, you got to just do what you can.
0: Perfect. So, when you say like flexible, do you mean like you have like a flexible training template, So you got like do you train four times a week, five times a week?
1: Yeah. So, so for example, at the minute I'm I'm training four times a week, um, and ideally those sessions were for sort of Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, Last first day I'd worked from six in the morning until ten at night. So it turned out I couldn't train on that day. So I had to push back my we sort of training a day later. Yeah. And then this week I've had to sort of restructure it where I've got a bit more time at home. Yeah. Um and I added in just an extra bench session on Monday. And then I had a catch up session yesterday where I did part of my uh day one session to my second session. And so it's kind of just just like that. I'll I'm I'll move days around. Um if it means yeah. I can't get a rest day because I'm working on a day. Um, that's fine. I'll just, just do what I can um, and just, just, you know, just adjust, adjust accordingly. Um, just accept sometimes I'm not going to yeah. be feeling 100% um, sure. and just do what I can.
0: So within these four sessions, you at like two, like two or three are harder. you've got a slightly easier session in there and you move the easy sessions to when you've got the longer hours. You try and make the, the, the hardest sessions be when you've got days off or when you know you're going to have got decent rest and decent food before. That that the deal.
1: Yeah, pretty pretty much, mate. Yeah, it's it's normally the the harder sessions or heavier sessions normally will fall sort of on the on the weekend. Um, I normally work I work a lot of weekends, so I work a Saturday night, um, which means I'm I'm at home pretty much every Friday night, guaranteed. So I know that I on the Friday night I'm gonna have a good sleep. I can yeah. get up sort of a bit later, um, go and train before I go to work and do a night shift. So that's normally my best session on on a Saturday. So. Um, yeah, I normally I normally have my biggest session and biggest lifts. Save them towards that end of the week.
0: Do you be flexible as well in terms of like, so let's say you train on a Tuesday and you've got like a fairly big session, but it's feeling shit warming up. Would you then switch or would you just go through with it, adjust the weights? Like, um, would you be flexible with that?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go. I'd, it's hard to imagine because at the minute everything's nothing's really too hard. Yeah. Um. I'm. i got the, you know, the biggest sort of. Um, sort of highest intensity on dunes is up to like an rp7 on sort of sets of four or five so it's nothing really where it's even you if you're having a miss even if you're having a bad day it's just it might increase the rpe by sort of one yeah. um but you're not you're not really close enough to where it matters that much definitely when it comes down to to peaking um or i will i would probably adjust the weight down if it was if it came to that um but Again, I'll try and I'll try and just move my sessions around where I can, you know, if it means having an extra day's rest, but I'm gonna be hitting my session hundred yeah. percent. I'm I'm happy to do that.
0: Nice. So you've been working now with Lewis for like it's gonna be about six, seven months?
1: Yeah, I started with him I think it's a couple of weeks. I think it's two weeks after the British. Yeah. So it was September.
0: And in terms of like flexibility with that, obviously he's obviously guiding your training seems to be going fantastically well. So he's obviously doing really good work and he's obviously helping you try and be flexible with there, make the decisions, or do you kind of make, he gives you the plan for the week and you choose the flexibility. Is it kind of a bit of both or?
1: So it's a bit of both, What we'll talk yeah. and um, he'll give me, he'll give me sessions where definitely have a day off after this session. I want you to yeah. have a rest after this session. And he'll give me sessions where, have a rest day after this session if you can. If you can't, doesn't matter too much. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a it's a bit of both, it, and it, it differs from block to block. I'll tell him sort of to lot this block. I'm um, obviously at home a lot more than normal, um, so I've had, I've got more structured days where it's Monday, Tuesday, maybe. Thursday, Saturday. Um, going maybe push it up a
0: little bit harder.
1: Um, yeah. we kind of yeah, we kind of got up. Yeah, we've got the plan, sort of like a it's more like a longer term plan. Um and at, at the minute we could probably push it harder, but then we might sacrifice, you know, the overall plan a bit. So yeah. we're kind of just sticking to it. Um even though we probably could push a little bit harder right now, there's there's no point because there's no competitions right now. So just just keeping healthy, building some consistency. Um, and just that's that's the main thing. That's the main thing really.
0: I think that shows really good discipline because a lot of people where <clears throat> let's say they've had a period of time where like the, the work's taken over and the sleep's been not as good and the training's suffered and all of a sudden they're coming to this block where things have eased off a little bit and they're able to push like the not going above what is set and not trying to push it too much to catch up for the previous one must take a lot of discipline
1: yeah. uh, but
0: obviously the, the, the long-term plan is the most important thing rather than the individual meso cycle and, and trying to get as much out of that so I think that shows, uh, yeah, good discipline. A lot of I, think, I, think, have.
1: I think if anything, I'm like the opposite to quite a lot of people. So I, I think I air more on the side of caution. So yeah, I think it was last week I had like a deadlift triple, and he'd give me a target RP of like six point five to seven, and yeah. I wouldn't feel great. And I think I, I overshot it, and I was like that was probably like a seven point five. He's like, it doesn't really matter a like, lot to be fair, and I was like, oh, I was annoyed at myself for overshooting. Whereas yeah. in reality, it doesn't, it doesn't make that much difference on one set. Yeah. I, th- um,
0: I think half an RP or an RP, <laughs> yeah. when, it, when, it, when it's a seven, uh, compared to it being an eight, and I'll be shooting by a, 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 an RP or even two RPs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you can ease back on yourself a little bit there.
1: Yeah. Uh, one
0: thing that made me laugh actually with, uh, with yourself, I remember when you started working with Lewis and you said, uh, oh, it's always amazing. Like, he's taught me what I should do with my feet yeah. uh, and about <laughs> like, creating pressure for you. I was like, this guy is the British champion. He's just squatted two sixty 260 or two sixty five, and he doesn't know where to put his feet. Yeah, uh, and it,
1: it blew yeah. your mind. Always. Um, uh, make... you as I said, and you started sort of two years ago, and I've I've just kind of, you, you just kind of find your way, don't you? I've i learned I've learned most of my lifting before Bill Lewis, um, just from watching watching YouTubers. Good, uh, and you you never really, um, he'll say things to me. I'm like. All right yeah no no i get it that makes sense what, what I should have been doing a like, lot with defeat oh yeah no like, it feels like a, it feels like a different lift now I've, I've just yeah. been making it harder for myself um so, yeah yeah it, it has been good i definitely i needed that um I needed that guidance really i think it was just yeah. it was something I should have probably done sooner um but um yeah it was i wanted to make sure it was the right the right choice as well.
0: What else do you, like, aside from the programming, I, I know that it gives you a lot of, like, uh, drills to be doing uh, beforehand, but, like, what else do you feel like you get out of the coaching? Um, like, accountability, is that a big thing for you? Or, like, technical feedback, what what else do you get apart from what is the obvious thing out of coaching?
1: Yeah, so, so definitely, as much as the, the accountability is, is one of them. Um, I'll I'll speak to him every, most days, at least every day, I have a session, send him more videos. Um, from sending in my videos, the it's the, it's the technical feedback, it's that constant queuing of different things. So, I've got bad habits that I'll start to slip into, and as soon as he notices, them he'll, he'll tell me and you know, give me a way to try and correct it. Um, definitely the So, some of the drills and things like that. I've i never I've never done any sort of mobility work or, or maybe still warm up. My warm up was I would maybe go on the bike for a little bit, and then I'd just get straight into the lifts and. Yeah. some some t- which which is fine sometimes but other times you know you need to it, preparation for the actual movement itself doesn't just mean the actual movement which is, oh, i was i do I can't be bothered i'll just put start loading the bar up and get get to it um so yeah just the get mostly the accountability the technical feedback um and having that someone other than yourself uh, in your corner um so i was especially for the british i was um even though I won and it turned out to be successful before and I was um, second guessing every decision that I made, sure. I was, should I be doing this? And because I was self-programming, I was, I didn't have a clue what I was doing to be honest. So um, I think having that someone else in your corner that's, that's fighting for you and cares about your training as much as you do. Um, yeah. it, t- it takes a huge
0: load off. I think having that buy-in as well that like, wouldn't you have done, so like obviously the, the prep for you guys went so well, but now you've just got buy-in and you're not even going to guess anything that it gives you. You no. just automatically bought in. You know that it's going to work. And just yeah. that belief and that mindset going into it now compared to second-guessing everything is huge yeah. in terms yeah. of like long-term success. Oh, when you talk long-term. about all this stuff, it makes me think of um, like the elite will always be the elite. Um, because like you, you train for two years. Obviously, you train incredibly hard. But like you didn't know what you were doing. You were, <laughs> you were guessing all your training <laughs> and you didn't know what to do with your feet. But you were the British champion. Um, and it reminds me of, I used to coach, well, through MSC, we used to coach this team of sprinters. I won't name his name, but there was a, he was like the best sprinter at the club. He was, I'll call him lazy, but he wasn't the, the hardest worker at the team. But he was the fastest. I think he was at 10.0 or, or just under 10. I can't remember exactly. Uh, and he to show me his diet and it was like, all he ate was like a ridiculous amount of protein. Like just chicken breast, like three chicken breasts every meal, like very minimal carbs, very minimal fat. And he was like one of the best sprinters in Britain. And he was far from like the best at training. He was far from the best at nutrition, but he was the elite. It reminds me of yourself where, like you said, like the foot thing for me is massive, but you were just at this level already where like you get all these extra little bits now, the the one percents, and all of a sudden you've got this potential now to reach up to, rather than looking at the British level, surely you're looking at like the best in the world and thinking that you're not a million miles away and that you can start to mix it with the best in the 93s. Yeah, yeah, I think I think
1: I think to your first point, the the elite thing. I'd I'd say I spent about twenty years playing football, and I was never I was never I was good player, I was decent, played at a decent level, but I was never really I was never going to be a professional footballer. As much as I tried, I could train three to four times a week, play two games. I was never at that level. Same with athletics, I was a decent sprinter, but I was never I was never that elite speed, and I probably never would have been. Um, I think just finding walk, walk this
0: out, walk about Plymouth, and then went to sprinting once a week. And used
1: to <laughs> yeah, so yeah, maybe sprinting was a bit different. I, I was I was decent. I don't think I would have ever. Whereas this, I, I do I do genuinely feel like I found the sport I should be doing. I feel yeah. like it's just it is made for me. I'm, I'm pretty all, all round with all my lifts, um, and yeah, as you say, for your second point with the the British level, um, I I kind of before I even started powerlifting, I was looking at the British, um, the British records and the British level, the guys like Pierre and Hendrick and Sean Hughes. And I was, yeah. I kind of like looked up to them and, and now I'm, um, I still respect all those guys, but I'm now I'm looking up to the the world class sure. guys, the Jonathan Keiko's, the Anatolians, and I'm looking at my weight class and I'm thinking now, I've, now it's, it's a time to sort of, bridge i mean, I'll, I'll want to bridge the gap from being a good british level lifter to a good yeah. world world class lifter which i think would be the most difficult gap to bridge but um yeah that's just that's, that's kind of the journey and where i'm at in the journey on the at the minute
0: again like it's all important the amount of people that can get to like you get you've you won the British, like obviously, everyone's hungry when they're trying to win the British. You've now won the British. It's so easy to like rest on your lulls or, or, or lose that hunger, but you've still got that yeah. other goal that you want to achieve to. And it just keeps you keep training hard and making sure you're not missing sessions and keeps trying the ball. Because, like you said, the standard from going from like 740 to, to 790 is hard, We're going from 790 to is it 830, 840 you'll need, or
1: yeah, so, so, to, so, so the sense. world records are eight eight fifty two point five at the minute. Well, no, actually Ashton Rushka broke it, I think it's like eight sixty something there. But yeah. the that sort of world class level where whereas at Euros had it's had a taste of it by by getting bronze. Um yeah. the the top guys at um they're around the eight twenty to eight fifty range. Um I think Worlds last year, I think eight twenty got a something eight twenty above gets you on the podium, um eight thirty plus. So that's the sort of level that I'm looking to, aiming to get to next. Um, and you say, it's probably going to be the most difficult and, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm here for it.
0: Absolutely. Um, and <laughs> um, we've made a 790 seven with like minimal coaching, uh, with minimal input and just getting these little one percenters here and there. And it's 5% that you need to get. And all of a sudden it's not, it's not a million miles away. And it's really exciting to see. Do you see like long-term that you're like a free lifter for, forever or for, for at least the, the next few years you've still got a lot of to achieve that you want to get in 93
1: yeah i'm i'm kind of to be honest i'm kind of in two minds with this um at, at times i think because i do i do sit above the weight class uh, at times i think i could um i could probably move up to 105s um and then when i go to um when i went to worlds and the euros I, I looked at the best lifters in the 93s and in terms of my height and stature they're all of a similar height and stature. They're all sort of around, you know, Anatoly, who's, who's the former world record holder. now, is one of, he's, he's, I think, he's about an inch or two taller than me. Um, right. Same with Gustav, they're maybe an inch or two taller. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't ever rule it out. I think. I think for now, 93 is definitely. Um, I'm not particularly, um, you know, strict on my diet or anything like that. It's just that to me is like another. And of a stress that I kind of, I kind of, I kind of just put it to yeah. the side. So I know that I could, I could do more to make it easier to make weight for the meantime. I think if I ever, I think if I ever missed weight, um, or if, yeah, I think if I ever missed weight, that would probably be the time where I move up. Or if I ever stopped making progress at this sure. weight as well. So if I started spinning my wheels and uh, if I went out at my next competition and totaled 7.90 or. If I sold eight hundred and then my one after that I sold seven ninety five, I would maybe start to think, you know, maybe I maybe I do need to move it. But for the for the meantime, um, yeah, I think ninety three is definitely more like class. Um, But I wouldn't rule out, especially especially in another. I've put on so much weight over the past two years. That's how I, I weighed not eighty seven. Eighty seven, yeah, yeah. So I've I've put on like some good weight over the past couple of years, and hopefully. I'll continue to do that and I, I might find it more difficult to make weight and you know in a year or two's time I might, I might think completely different and think yeah I'd, I'll move yeah.
0: up. How do you feel about because it's one thing that puts me off I've considered I went to 83 once um, and I've considered it again but the thing that puts me off is my age so I'm yeah. 31 now I think, are you 30, 31? 30,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah so like to, for you to fill the one on fives and to fit it well let's say you've got to get to 110 it's going to take a hell of a long time
1: that um, that, honestly, well. that doesn't bother me at all. Okay. I know I, I know it would. I think what most people like it doesn't bother me taking like a step back. I, I might enter the yeah. what, I could enter one of five this year. Maybe maybe come sort of fifth, sixth. Um, but I know that next year I would want to be yeah. pushing. But and I know that I I could if I was putting on good weight. I look at um, like Sam Watts like my like my idol. Yeah, the guy's, the, guy, the guy's fifty, yeah. still making progress. So I think yeah. I, I don't think the age things are a concern at all. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm definitely in it for for the long game. I'm gonna be, I'm here with British powerlifting to stay. Um, me so, and you in the
0: M four. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, we plan on getting making to the M um, fours. So yeah, if I ta- if I have to take a year or two, where I'm not as competitive in the class, yeah. that that's not something that concerns me are. I know I know that. When I look at when I look at the 105 numbers, they don't they don't seem that like crazy. Yeah. You know, when when you first start, you look at some numbers and you're like, "What? The, like, I don't, I yeah. I would never do that." Whereas yeah. I look at, I would like to hit like 900 at 105 at some point in my powerlifting career. I think I think that's something I could maybe achieve. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: that's interesting. We're very different in that respect. For me, yeah. I, I went up to 83 before, and I just. I imagine it might be the same for yourself after like trying to stay around a certain weight for years, then all of a yeah. sudden you can gain seven kilos. I look disgusting. Yeah, um, yeah. and my lifting actually went down, it wasn't successful. But if you can be disciplined with it, like it sounds like you are, then yeah, yeah. 900 at 105
1: who, who knows? I might, I might do the yeah. same thing. I might, I might, might try it and, and <laughs> wagging it at like 102, look disgusting and be you like, could, terrible. You could,
0: um, your kids ask you this fat messes and
1: uh, yeah, like. Yeah, it, it is. It is a whole like it is a like moving up is a whole life change as well. Like you have to buy yeah. new clothes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're not. As, I'm not as fit. So I want to be able to still yeah. run after my kids and that kind of you thing is be, is such a huge commitment.
0: Yeah. You wouldn't be the sex symbol of, of British Palestine <laughs> anymore. Like you wouldn't be the pin. You wouldn't be the pin up for A7. Like everything Yeah. Would yeah. <laughs> so going back to your nutrition, you say that like you're not that hot on it, but like, is there any habits that you're definitely trying to buy to like? Do you always try and make sure you get a decent meal beforehand. Do you have anything you eat pre-workout, post-workout?
1: Yeah, I say I say I'm not too hot on it, um, but I, I do have a, a, a quite a decent decent grasp on it. I think from from the year where I was before I started and I, I started doing that program, I talked about, um, I did get into my nutrition as well. I, I think I actually got down to around like 81 kilos, um, and I was pretty lean, I, and I, I gained a good grasp on it from from that. Um, so. So yeah, I, I make sure I'm eating eating enough meals. I make sure I'm eating enough protein each day. Um, do you track
0: that, or do you track, or do you just kind
1: of intuitively? I I, I start <clears> to track when it when it gets closer to competition. So I'd say maybe when I get to around ten weeks out, something like that, I, w- I will start being a lot stricter with my tracking. But I think because I've tracked for so long, like for, for a couple of years, I, I kind of mentally, I mentally track. So, like, I'll be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know like sort of roughly, eat, yeah, yeah, like I, I know roughly how much protein and calories I've got in in the meals I make. So,
0: yeah,
1: I don't, I kind of just make a mental note of it. Right. That's, this is, you know, I wake up, I'll have, i normally have porridge and, and a protein shake, which is, you know, a few hundred calories and um, 50 grams of protein. Um, I just kind of mentally, I just mentally track it throughout the day, Um sure. and I guess the end of the day, I'm thinking, well, maybe need a bit more protein here. So, um, but yeah, I, I think I think I've got a good grasp on it. Um, it's hard being strict and so say, especially with with the job I've got, I'm not at home a lot, so I'm in hotels and um, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm eating in like hotel restaurants and or service stations, and you know, I, I don't want to be in eating the salad from W H Smith when yes. there's when there's a McDonald's there. Do you know what I mean? yeah so it's 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 um yeah i'm not i'm not too i'm not too strict on it to be honest i don't i, I try not to worry about too much until it gets down to sort of crunch times before a comp and after mate weight
0: we're still hitting all these key things so like you said like you're you're hitting protein with every single meal so it's probably yeah like in line with what everyone would recommend so you're probably accumulating enough protein for the day you're sticking roughly within your weight i guess so like as part of the intuitive i presume you weigh yourself like once a week, or do you weigh yourself at all just to make sure that you're not overeating, undereating? Like you have a number that you try and aim at?
1: Yeah. So, so say so when when it gets close to the comp, I weigh I'll weigh every day. Take a weekly yeah. average. Uh, when when I'm further out, I will maybe weigh once or twice once or twice um, a week. Yeah. Um, I'll have I normally after comp, I'll have a few weeks where I don't weigh at all, and then I'll yeah. step on the scales and see what's what's going on. Yeah, with with, like, with protein thresholds, I I I think it's I'll try and hit around um uh, roughly two hundred grams a day of protein yeah. per meal, I'll look to hit roughly forty to fifty grams. Um yeah. and they're, they're just, and then with the calories I'll just kinda let it some days I'll probably overeat a bit and some days I'll probably undereat a bit. Um but
0: do you have I like a rough idea of how many calories you eat like towards not the competition, a... so i like ten weeks out?
1: it's not a lot to be honest like there's, there's probably there's probably some 57 kilo like women that eat eat a lot more than i do um my maintenance is probably around the 2200 mark because oh. because i'm so sedentary uh, my job just involves sitting down i'm driving to work and then i'm sitting on on a train basically yeah if i'm not i'm sitting at home not here on the desk um, yeah. so i do i do find it hard to I'll probably doing an average about three three thousand steps four thousand steps a day um so yeah it's 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 quite sad that i you know i' am eating to sort of if i'm if i'm eating sort of, two thousand a the calories i'll start to start to put on weight um <laughs> which is yeah um but no, i I'll, I'll, I'll try not to um i've kind of just i'm kind of just used to that now so it's just yeah. it's just one of those things
0: so if you if you so kind of uh, out from competition, you're ninety seven, ninety eight kilo. Would you it like, go higher than that? Is there a number that you don't want to go above?
1: Yeah, I, ninety. I, I don't really want to. I don't I see ninety nine on the scale, so I don't. I don't let it go yeah. go okay. above that. So yeah, right now is the heaviest that I'll I let myself get to, and that's that ninety eight point nine. Not yeah, <laughs> pretty much that right, yeah. I was I was, was ninety eight and a half this morning, so you know that's that that's about as thick as i want to be um i'll kind of just so now
0: uh so now you're just cutting the calories back down a touch
1: yeah either that or either that or just up my expenditure a bit so i'll just add in half an hour walking evenings um adding just like 15 minutes on the bike after i train um just just i'll just i'll just do my expenditure slightly um just and hope that normally starts to just bring it down I, i eat the same things like really but um yeah i I'll, I'll just try not to worry about it too much i say i'm at my limit now i know i can't eat. i'll just yeah. i'll just cut out like just eating like chocolate i'll eat like a bar of chocolate just just for fun um <laughs> <laughs> just eat yeah. like a family-sized bag of crisps for no reason i'll just i'll, I'll just cut that out now um, yeah
0: and just drop back down
1: yeah just drop back down a bit is it
0: what about like alcohol do you cut that out or do you eat, eat much of a drinker
1: um, I'll say, I'd say i would sound more of like a, a binge drinker, to be honest, so when all it, in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, all, I'm all on the fence, so yeah, like I'll, I'll Wait, I would c- never have guessed,
0: because I watched you fucking demolish that pint and it
1: took uh, about <laughs> oh, 40
0: seconds, so I'd never have guessed that you were
1: oh. a binge drinker. Oh, was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm more of a, sound i sound like a social drinker, so I don't, I don't really drink too much at home, um, yeah. I'll have a drink, I'll have like a beer every now and again with dinner or a glass of wine. Um, but yeah I don't really drink too much and you know when, when it's um, when we're not in lockdown I'm trying to see my friends and we'll, we'll go out and, and get a drink and I'll be back on it the day after sort of thing because it's kind of just yeah uh, but, yeah. but I, uh, like
0: close to a competition it says that again do you, is it like,
1: do you cut that out yeah, for the last few I'll, weeks or yeah I cut that out a few, a few at least at least a good sort of few weeks um, whether going on any nights out or anything like that yeah. Just, just yeah. you know, yeah. you, you, you normally if I go out, it means the whole next day is a waste. Um, sure. It's been you make a lot of bad choices with your food. Cool. Um, yeah. Does that
0: include just... like, did you, did you drink like a tea
1: total for like the last eight? Yeah, months? pretty pretty yeah. much, man. Yeah. So, so I'd I already before the lockdown, I'd already gone sort of teetotal up until Worlds. So I was like, well, I'm not drinking now until Worlds at all. Um, and then obviously the the virus, you know, happened and lockdown and it's gone kind of like, well, you know. I'll have a, I'll have a drink.
0: <laughs> How is that? So with the COVID, like obviously now Worlds isn't happening. Is everything yeah. geared towards uh, the British? Obviously, Europe's has been cancelled now as well. So, yeah. is everything geared towards the British, or are you looking towards past that to the Worlds, which is only like a month after it, or, or two months after?
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult. It's a difficult situation with the British being end of August, August 23rd, isn't it? And the yeah. world being sort of a month later. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a di- British will probably get cancelled, but I am gearing towards that. Um,
0: yeah. I it heard a retract- little rumour that they want to combine all of the Britishes until February. But well, I'm not I, sure I think, how much that... I
1: think that makes sense. I think that would be yeah. like, a, I think have the men's and the British at the same time have it a big event spend yeah. a bit more money on the venue and yeah um I think, they just I think is... they've
0: just announced the juniors to be in um, in Northampton at Moulton College again um in October. Oh
1: mate sick. I, I, I wish I wish we could have ours at, at Moulton College. So, it's so the yeah. top the top venue. The top venue I do like
0: to sit horses. the horses in between but <laughs> I love putting my talc on my legs and then just patting a horse and um, for good luck. Yeah, yeah but so I thought that they was going to combine all of the Britishes. is what I heard uh, that they're gonna buy like the masters juniors ought to be in, into the 2021 of February. And then from there on, on it would be a bit like the Americans. Um, but I'm not sure how that's changed because they've announced the juniors. But they have they gave very little away. I'm not sure if that will change. Oh, closer. mate.
1: I've got, you could have them all at Morton College on the same. <laughs>
0: Matt, you <you're> <laughs> I, think, uh, <laughs> I think it might, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so, obviously, you bought a, a home gym. Or you already had a home gym. You upgraded the home gym just before COVID. So, you obviously had the inside scoop on the COVID. Uh, but how are you finding that? Obviously, you've got more free time now because you live like an hour away. Is it an hour away from the gyms? So yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. you've got a lot more free time. You're training on better equipment, at least when you're not having to train at like the gym. So has that helped your training, or do you find it difficult? Do you prefer having people around? There's got to be benefits, obviously, and, and negatives to both. But what do you find?
1: Yeah, I, I think when I when I set it up, I started setting it up sort of two years ago, so sort of like about six months after I started powerlifting, when I realised sort of what I was doing wasn't wasn't sustainable long term. So so for anyone who doesn't know, I was I was travelling sort of an hour to get to the gym, um, training for, you know, two hours at least, and then an hour back and on top of work and family, it was that that is where it starts to everything starts to does like it starts to become a juggling act and it feels like you sort of spinning you spinning plates and it's unsustainable really. Um and the, yeah, there's a few things. Like the start of the year, my job was getting a bit more intense. Um, my kids are still like young, and I want to be home more to sort of help my wife out. Um, so there was there was, I kind of felt I started to feel a bit of pressure in like fitting training into the day and yeah. um, around work and stuff. So I wanted to just get it sorted. The main thing was getting a decent rack that I feel sort of safe squatting out of and benching out of. Um, so yeah, I just I just invested in in the rack and cleared out the garage and set it up, and it's it's been it's been good to be honest. It's been it has been it is nice to just have no travel time rather than yeah. that two hours, like four times a week you yeah. spend in traveling.
0: All of a sudden, it's gone from half a day to, to being able to do it in two hours, and that's that's massive, I guess.
1: Yeah, that that's time now, I'm, I'm probably a bit more productive at work. I'm I'm spending more time at home with the family, even if even when I'm training, I'm still sort of. With the family at our home, so it's it got has taken a in and Oh yeah, got got the kids as the head, like, as the referees, so checking my debt for me, and yeah, it's, that <laughs> do is, they, yeah. Do they know? Do they
0: know how good you are? Do they understand? Nah, I think uh, I think uh, I think everyone went a little bit elitism um, the last year or so, and I think that's going to swing back around now to to people not being as concerned. Like, everyone will still want good equipment, but I think it almost went a little bit too far. And I think, yeah, like, yeah. yourself could be, like, the, the driving force. Obviously, there's that meme about you, like, training on, like, the Matrix <laughs> equipment. And I think that's going to be, like, that with, like, COVID and everyone getting not so good equipment for home, I think it might start to turn things back around to people being, like, ideally, and I would have, like, a leak car. But if I haven't got a lead car and I can just use the Rogue bar or I can use yeah, just, yeah. like, comp-standard equipment, it's absolutely fine. Do you listen oh. to the um, podcast with um, Owen Hubbard on, um, with uh, Pigeon and Jim Ellie?
1: No, I've not listened to it yet.
0: It was uh, he's talking about how he used to train at Bournemouth Barbell and they'd all wait to use this rack that was 140 pounds. <laughs> and there was Owen Hubbard squatting 260 or 270 for a triple on it. Um, and like, they just didn't give a fuck about the equipment. They were just <laughs> training and just training hard in this atmosphere. And it didn't matter about the kit as much. And I yeah. think it's going to swing back around to that now. Oh.
1: I spoke to I spoke to Tony Cliff a bit about it um when we was in Sweden last year for Worlds and I was like AG hey, hey, because I was the same same lot of questions you asked me just like how do you find it difficult to get motivated training at home and you know how do you find um like not having any sort of atmosphere and that kind of thing and yeah it was just like what well, it does not matter, I just I just get on with it. Like it doesn't doesn't make any difference to me at all. Yeah. Uh, I just I just was like oh, Tony's a different kind of character though. He's I think he's um yeah, he's just is is a different level. But I think a lot of people are starting to see that now. Like you kinda the training, it, it, it is what it is. It is nice. Like I love I love still going to gyms even though I've got a home gym. I love travelling like going to MSC Black Country Barbell, Wildcard and I try and go to gyms in local area even though I could go to a yeah. gym like five minutes away. Um, especially for those bigger sessions when you want you know, you want a bit of hype as well. Um yeah. but at the end of the day, you just gotta get you just gotta get your training done. Like it, it doesn't, I don't think it really matters.
0: Yeah, I guess um, for yourself, it would be a case of that getting nearer to the competitions again. You'll be heading over towards like uh, like the strong UK, heading back to MSC, heading to Black, uh, black Country. Just a the atmosphere, probably like the comp equipment. Yeah, um, yeah. But like third row, obviously, it doesn't matter when you're doing a six RP work. It doesn't matter if you've got uncalibrated plates and
1: yeah. The most, the most difficult thing because I travel a lot at the minute, so. I'm traveling. Normally I'd I'd travel so I was in like Cardiff last week. Um normally I'll get to like one of the good gyms down there. Um and just not being able to do that at the minute is it's yeah. it's more inconvenient. But I say I'm so lucky that I I set up my garage when I did. Um yeah. and training has just pretty much carried on as normal.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Uh I think this is pretty much gonna wrap up everything I wanted to go through. So if you've got time, we'll go through a quick Q&A from some questions. Yeah yeah, There's probably. quite a few jolt questions in there. Uh, um,
1: oh, Paul Marsh said, uh, Paul yeah, Marsh actually yeah, yeah. said he asked the questions. so uh, he says, You better yeah. answer
0: it. I will, uh, I will ask him. Um, okay, someone asked about one of fives, but we've already kind of covered that. So, how do you feel being selected for Worlds again?
1: It's it's great, mate. like that feeling when you get the letter, even if you know that you're going to go, like it's 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 the best feeling that you can, can get. It's and it's it sounds you know, it, sound, it might sound a bit like cliche, but it is. It is a privilege to be able to compete for for Great Britain, um, and I think because we know quite a lot of people that that do it, it you, you kind of you don't want to minimise that like thing. But I, I can remember when I, even it's only like a short time ago I started, and thought that must be amazing to be able to yeah. like to represent represent your country doing anything, um, doing something that you love. It's like it is, it is a privilege, and huge. feel feel really blessed and lucky to be able to to be able to do it.
0: I guess this feels completely different to last,
1: cause last time cuz